delight to be able to share with you from God's Word this morning. Now, now before we get into God's Word, um, I have to give you a quick aside. Um, on Friday night, it was the last day of August, I told my students it has been a really rough week, maybe the worst month of the year. And then September happened. And if you don't know, it's September 2nd today. Um, and in starting my day, um, right as I started to fall asleep, the, the thunderstorms happened. Um, and I did not fall asleep until they ended. And who knew thunderstorms went so long? I'm generally a very heavy sleeper. Um, I think I fell asleep at like 4 a.m. Uh, so I'm tired. Um, but also, um, yesterday, we, all of these, if, if you're wondering, if you're new here, and you're like, why are there cones in here? Um, we were going to be in the Sunset Fest parade yesterday, but who knew thunderstorms could happen so often in a day? Um, and so these are here to celebrate the work that was done that hasn't been seen. We're trying to find another parade to go to, but um, so that was, <laughs> that was kind of a rough uh, morning yesterday, um, and then this morning, um, I woke up, I went downstairs, um, and so I always wear a bow tie when I preach, it's a long story for a different day, but um, somehow walking from our house to my car, I had the bow tie like uh, over my shoulder, or like, you know, kind of like this, because I don't know how to tie it, Jess ties it for me, it's a little side fact, I lost it. Um, in that, that short walk. And so it's been a month. It's been the month of September has started well. And there's one last thing. When I walk downstairs today, um, this is our dog, Ash. I talk about Ash a lot because we don't have kids yet. Um, but this is a picture of Ash from about two days ago. Um, and he looks so cute and so happy. Um, but coming out of that mouth, is the smell of death. Because on Thursday night, um, I was driving home from a funeral really late, just as Grandma passed. You'll hear more about that later. Um, it was a, a good passing because she was a believer. But um, that night, I drove home super late to make sure I was here for youth group and the parade and all these different things. Um, and Ash got sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> um, so, so I bring this up because I have been on a mission since, when, since Thursday night. Um, Thursday night, we had Jess's grandma's funeral. I officiated it. And then on the drive home, I found out from our dog sitter that, hey, I got some bad news for you. Huh. And uh, so she let me know, and she's like, I gave him a bath. He smells better, or maybe I smell worse. Um, one of those two things happened. And I got home, and I walked in the door. And from that point on, I was on a mission. Because Ash smelled so bad. Um, I, that night I Googled and I did this like home remedy where you mix a bunch of things together and I like lathered him in it and the poor guy, the, the skunk sprayed his, his head and his mouth and so I'm like trying to look on him and he's just not having it. But I was on a mission that he was going to smell less bad every day. And so, so that little bit of the, the wash on Thursday night, I got home at 2 a.m., so it was really Friday morning, and I went in and smelled him, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta do something, so I was on mission, and then Friday morning, I woke up, I came downstairs and let him out of his kennel and went, oh, <laughs> nothing helped, and so Friday morning, I, I got like hydrogen peroxide out and baking soda and dish soap and mixed all that together, 
And when I started putting that near him, he was freaking out in the bathtub. So I was in the bathtub with him, like holding him down and worried I was going to come to church just smelling like him. Um, I don't think I did. None of the students mentioned it if I did. Um, but, But so I was on a mission and that morning I thought he smelled a lot better. But what really happened is the bathroom just smelled more neutral Um, Because when I came home after youth group Friday night at like 11.30, we had an amazing night of youth group. I got home after youth group, and I'm thinking, I'm going to bed. We got the parade tomorrow. Lord, let it not rain. And I I come in the house, and Ash runs up to me, and he jumps, and he's like, (sighs) and his breath just, I... I like went from there, I drove, I, like I left the house immediately because I was like, Jess is coming home tomorrow with my parents who are visiting, but um, I, I'm excited my parents are here. It's just how it all falls down. Um, my, my parents are visiting, and so I was like, I don't want Jess to come home because Jess loves hospitality, I love hospitality. I don't want her to come home and feel like our home is as inhospitable as it smelled. And so I, I drove over to Walmart, I bought like skunk, sp- skunk shampoo, I bought this spray stuff that was supposed to help. I looked everywhere for like dog treats that helped with breath. I didn't find any. They probably are there. I just, it's been a week. And so I I didn't find them. And so um, I got home and I bathed him and I went through this whole process. And I just want to tell you, I think the skunk shampoo is like a gimmick because I think he smelled worse afterwards. Um, And I woke up Saturday morning, it was raining and I was like, well, you know, like, I, I'm not going to deal with him right now. I just left him in his kennel. Like, I let him go out to the bathroom, left him in his kennel, went, the parade got canceled, and then eventually when I came home to see him, the whole main level, because we had to close the windows because it was raining, smelled like skunk again. And so I gave him one last bath, one last spray down, and he almost smells a little better. But I have been on a mission, and I feel like this whole week I have just been failing at it. And it's, it's hard to be on a mission when you don't feel like you're prepared for it, you don't feel adequate for it. Um, It's not that in our house we have strict gender roles and just has to do all the cleaning and I do all the yard work and stuff. Jess does the yard work, I do the cooking, but Jess generally when things smell bad, Jess is the expert. And so I felt so unqualified for the mission I was on. And yet that was my mission and I somewhat succeeded. We're not going to invite anyone to our home for a while, but um, hopefully his breath starts to smell more like his dog food and less like the skunk, which I never thought I would say out loud because the, yeah, so that's been my week. And I've been on mission all week on doing that. And I, I want to tell you today, we're going to talk about being on mission. And the mission we're going to talk about is one that I am pretty sure all of you are going to feel very unqualified for, but I am also positive that if the Bible is true, It is the foundation of what we should all be doing. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump in. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you um, that you are so good, um, that when we feel unqualified, when we feel underprepared, when we feel like everything is against us, you are not. We thank you, as Dan said, that, that even though there is suffering in this world, it's because we rejected you and you provided us a path back to you. We thank you that we're a part of this mission with you, and I pray today as I speak um, that it would be just your spirit speaking through me. I I pray that the words of Jesus in Matthew 10 would just come to life for us. I I pray the moment that we're, we're hoping 
today is the, is the big moment that it would just open our eyes to what you're asking of us and, and that we would be those who follow after it well. I pray that these would be your words and not mine and that you would just fill this room with your spirit and give us ears to hear. It's in your name we pray. Amen. One last note before we jump into the sermon. Um, last Sunday, my PowerPoint died on my computer and the week I have had, I have not had time to fix it. And so I've been using Google Slides, and at like 8.50, I went back there and looked how they looked. They're all formatted wrong. And that is just the month of September 2018. And so if you're looking at this like, does Matt not know how to do this? I normally take great pride in how I organize slides, but not today, okay? I just, I want to get all that out there. So we're looking at what is our mission as Christians, and we're in Matthew 10. Matthew 10 is where Jesus sends the disciples on a mission for the first time. But to talk about that, I want to very, very quickly give you a brief overview of Matthew 1 through 9, kind of the buildup. So Matthew 1 through 3, this is the genealogy, the birth account of Jesus, and then the wise men coming two years after, if Dan's in here, it's for you. But um, the, the wise men come, and it's all of the, the big idea of Matthew 1 through 3 is Jesus is going to be called Emmanuel, God with us, and he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so we see that in Matthew 1 through 3. Jesus is going to be the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Now, what is he going to do as that fulfillment starts in Matthew 4 through 7? He announces the kingdom of heaven draws near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he begins healing and teaching and going among the the peoples. and, And he begins going through Israel proclaiming this. He starts calling his disciples. He starts doing the mission. Matthew 5 through 7, he's announcing the kingdom of heaven. And in Matthew 5 through 7, what Jesus is doing is he is saying, if you want to be a part of the kingdom that I come to announce, here are the values of this kingdom. That's the Beatitudes. That's the, the, the prayer of our Lord in Matthew, that, in the Sermon on the Mount. It's all of these things, and it's upside down from the values of the world. He who would be first will be last. He will be last will be first. Jesus is going to ultimately die on the cross for our sins and make himself the lowest of the low, which will eventually exalt him to the highest place. The values of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is announcing are alien to any kingdom on this earth. And Jesus brings these values and he starts announcing them. And then in Matthew 8 and 9, he doesn't just announce them, he starts doing them. If you read Matthew 5 through 7 and you've got a Bible that's got red lettering, Matthew 5 through 7 is just all red letters. And then you come to Matthew 8 and 9, and all the things Jesus just talked about in red letters, Jesus now does. And so Jesus starts to do it, and he starts to show his disciples this is what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. And this is him showing all the people of Israel. And then where we are today, Jesus begins to send others on this same mission. And that's where we're going to sit today. And it's, an, it's awesome. I'm really excited. There's going to be a moment that if I tell it right, you guys are going to be like, what? That is amazing. And then you're going to be like, but that's really hard too. But then you're going to be like, but I got this. That's going to happen, hopefully. So we're starting in Matthew 9:35. The last four verses of Matthew 9 really tie into Matthew 10. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. 
Jesus looks out as he's going and all the people he's interacting with, he realizes these are people that are like sheep without a shepherd. They, they need some type of leadership. They need a, a shepherd would guide them and protect them and be essentially their lord, their, their ruler. The shepherd would lead the, the flock of sheep. And Jesus is looking at this people and saying, you need a shepherd. And when he looks at them, if you are here today and you are not a believer and you're listening to this and you're like, maybe I'm a sheep without a shepherd. If, that, if that's how you feel, I want to point out that when Jesus sees these people, these are not people that, these are, these are normal people. They, they would have been sinners. They would have been people that, that were just normal, like you and I. But, but they would have been people that when Jesus saw, they didn't have it all together. They weren't perfect. They weren't just waiting for someone to say, hey, you're perfect, come with me. They would have been people that, that were struggling, that, that had just normal life circumstances and just were, were trying to figure out their purpose in life. And when Jesus sees them, he doesn't say, figure it out and then come find me. He has compassion on them. The starting point of the mission is that when Jesus looks out and he sees sheep without a shepherd, when he sees the lost sheep, he has compassion. And so what does he do? He says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, when it says disciples here, Jesus would have had a large gathering of disciples around him. He had a bunch of followers. That's who this is talking about. And he turns to all of them and he says, we need to pray for people to go out. We need to pray earnestly. The idea of pray earnestly is it's literally the Greek word for beg. We need to beg the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. What's even more, I don't have a lot to go on with this, except that the Greek word for, for send out there. It's the same word as cast out demons or expel or purge. It's a word of thrusting. It's, the idea is, Lord, please force them into the fields. We're not going to go any further with that because I didn't have time to study it more, but I think it's really cool. But so Jesus says to his disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his field. And what does he do next? He calls the 12 disciples to him. What's interesting, in the book of Matthew, we're in Matthew 10 now, He's called disciples and said, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. To Matthew, come follow me, don't be a tax collector anymore. He's, he's called these people to him, but it is in Matthew 10 that he first, Matthew first mentions them all together as a group of 12. It's the first time 12 shows up in Matthew. On top of that, it's the first time the disciples are listed together. Why this is important is because Jesus he calls the disciples to him. And the reason he has called the disciples to him is because they're going out on mission. The first time Jesus' disciples are mentioned specifically, it is to go do the work he wants them to do. And what is the work he wants them to do? He saw shepherdless sheep, and now he's going to send them out. Now, as we talk about this, quick side note here too, um, he sends them out in pairs. Um, I just want you, as we talk about the mission, some of you might be like, those are the disciples. They were around Jesus all the time. This mission seems like it would be easier for them because they were with Jesus in the flesh. But, but they were normal humans at the time. And when Jesus sent them out, he did not send them out alone. So Simon went with Andrew, James with John, Philip and Bartholomew. He, he sent them out in pairs. I think it's important to mention. I don't have anything else to say about it. But so Jesus calls the 12 together and what he says to them, remember, he saw sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. He said to the disciples, pray earnestly for workers to go out. And now he sends workers out. And he says, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no towns of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this makes sense. He saw sheep without a shepherd, and now he sends the disciples to go find those lost sheep. That makes sense. It's if this, then that, or if this needs to happen, then that whole thing in math. Tristan knows. No, it's, okay. Okay, thanks. The, sorry, everybody. Uh, the, the, the point here, though, is he sends them out. And, and you may be wondering in this moment, um, why not go to the Gentiles? Why not go to the Samaritans? I, I think there's two reasons for this. First off, the whole Old Testament builds to this idea that God promised Abraham, through you all nations will be blessed. He promised all down the line of the history of Israel that through you all nations would be blessed. From Jerusalem will flow living water that all nations will receive. All, all of these prophecies of the Old Testament start in Israel because that's where God's chosen people were. That's where he wanted to start. But his desire was not only for his people. From the beginning, his desire was that all people would know him. And, and so when he tells the disciples to go just to the Jews, it's not because Jesus is prejudiced. He's not like, I don't like the Samaritans or I don't like the Gentiles. But it's because they're the people that, that Jesus' mission, he says later on because a Canaanite woman asked him to help, he says, you know my mission is to the lost sheep of Israel. And then he finally heals her because she begs him and he says, your faith has made you, it's one of those. But, but anyways, the, the point here is when he sends them to the lost sheep of Israel, he starts by sending them to the place they will be the most comfortable. So when he sends them on mission, the starting point is to send them where they're ready to go. Go among the lost sheep of Israel. These are, these are your people. You, you should know how to do this pretty well without any cultural divides or anything. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. And what are you going to do? Tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the same thing Jesus started saying when his ministry began. And don't just say what I say. Do what I do. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. In Matthew 8 and 9, Jesus has begun doing these things in earnest. He, he's showing the disciples, here are the values of the kingdom, and now he is giving them the authority to do what he has been doing. As you go out to find lost sheep, the sheep without a shepherd, go out the way I do. Go, go out proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Go out healing the way that I heal. And, and not just that, he says, you received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journeys, or tunics, or, or two tunics, or sandals, or staff, for the laborer deserves his food. Now, on the surface to us, this sounds like Jesus is saying, don't wear sandals, just go in one tunic, and don't have anything else with you. And, and in English, that's kind of how it reads, but, but the idea behind this is Jesus is saying, when you go and you heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, and cast out demons, the, the word acquire there is, is the word procure. It's, it's the idea of do not charge for what you are doing. Do not say, I'm going to come here and teach you or proclaim this for you if you give me this. Do not expect anything in return. Go out and do these things because you received without paying. Now give it without pay. And you know who does this really well is Jesus. Jesus in, in Matthew never, said, never goes into a town and says, hey, I'm going to tell you guys the good news about the kingdom if someone feeds me. He never says, I'm, you know what, I'm ready to heal you, leper, but how much food do you have? You don't have food? You don't have money? Can I have your shirt? Like, he never asks for things from people. He freely gives what he has received. 
And, and so that's the message he's sending to the disciples, is go out and go out the way that I have gone out. And when they go out, he tells them, whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. So this is another thing Jesus did. When Jesus entered towns, he didn't walk into the town and say, who's the most influential person? I'm going to stay with them. What Jesus would do, and if you read through the accounts in the Gospels, most of the time Jesus would enter the town and maybe people would come to talk to him or maybe he'd enter a home and start talking to someone and they would respond. And what Jesus would do, what it means to be worthy of receiving the disciples or receiving Jesus is to just say, come on in. I want to listen to you. Jesus is telling the disciples, when you go, you're not trying to go to the places of prestige. You're trying to go to the places that will listen. You're, you're not going in order to go, I'm going to go convince all the Pharisees, or I'm going to go do this. I'm, I'm not, you're not going like that. You're going to whoever will respond to you in a positive way and say, yeah, I'll listen. It's that simple. And, and on top of that, what Jesus says is, if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on that day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. What Jesus is saying here is, so, so you, you go into the house and you say, all right, let's figure out if this is a worthy house or a worthy town. And if the town or the house says, no, we don't want you here, then just walk away. Don't argue. Don't fight. That's not your job here. Your job is to go find lost sheep, not to argue with wolves. Your job is to go find the lost sheep. And so if someone's not receptive, they're probably not a sheep. Or at this time, maybe they're not a sheep. Maybe they're stubborn. The point of all this is that Jesus sends the disciples to do the exact same mission he has been doing. And church, we're talking about being on mission today. And if you are a believer in the Bible, guess what? This mission is for you. And, and what's, what's funny here, um, if some of my students that pay attention really well in Sunday school might say, well, Matt, excuse me, you teach us to think of things in context. Jesus is talking to his 12 disciples, and that's it. He's talking to them to go to the land of Israel. Do we need to buy plane tickets? And do we need to fly to Israel? And, and do we need to go there and find lost sheep? And the answer to that is no. Because, and we'll look at this later, the Great Commission comes at the end of Matthew where what the disciples are sent to do as the 12 of them while Jesus is on the earth, he now tasks them to go do and help others to do as well. And so we're going to end talking about that. But this mission is for you. And, and at this point, I, I don't know what you're all thinking, but when I was your age, two things would have popped into my head. First, I would have thought, I am so underqualified to do this. There are lost sheep. But, but it, and I, I should have compassion on them, but I'm not the shepherd that can bring them in. I, today, if, if you guys think that I could be a shepherd, um, today I spilled coffee here and here and here, um, and I, I lost a bow tie, and um, it, just everything I have done in the last week has gone backwards. Um, it's just been a weird week. If you think I am a shepherd who has it all together, I promise you I am not. If you think Dan or Rich are shepherds, they are better shepherds than I, but, but they are, they're still men. We're all still people. We are all people. We're human. And, and the reality in that is when we're called on this mission, this is a mission that, that can be very daunting. 
When I was young, when I was like 21 and 22, I was convinced that what this mission meant that Jesus was sending me on was I needed to out-argue everyone, even if I didn't know the answer. Um, I was never wrong, even if I was not close to being right. Um, And I say that jokingly, but when I was a 21 and 22-year-old, I used to hang out with this group of guys, and most of them were super liberal, and most of them really did not have fondness for Christianity. And rather than show them by my actions that I love them, I argued with them to the point of they thought I hated all of them. And I was convinced that that's what this mission meant, was if I could just say the right thing, I could convince them. And you may feel like that. You may feel, you know, I have the gift of evangelism. If you've taken the spiritual gifts class, you may have that, you may not. It may be the lowest gift on your radar, but if you are a follower of Christ, this mission is for you. You may feel like, I, you know, you may be a believer that you're like, two weeks ago, I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, and now you're telling me I have to go do this. I need some time. Matthew, in the book of Matthew, the tax collector Matthew, um, becomes a believer like two paragraphs before he is sent on this mission. And, and I promise you, you probably have more resources than him at your disposal today because he was just like, he comes in and he's sent out with one of the other disciples and it's another disciple we don't know a whole lot about, but they're just, all right, you guys go. Jesus sent them out. And what is so important and what we are going to focus on today, where, where we're going to land and, and just spend some real time here, is that when Jesus sent them, you may feel like, I am not ready to be a shepherd for those lost sheep. I am not ready to be the shepherd that they need. And the good news is you are not asked to be at all. The next line, Jesus says, he, after he tells them what their mission is, he says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. We'll talk about wolves in a moment, but let's start off talking about sheep. Jesus is sending out sheep to find sheep. So Pastor Dan was here yesterday. I didn't ask him if I can share this. I hope it's okay. Um, We were tearing down the parade float stuff because we had it like half set up. We were all kind of sad, and then Dan came with his dogs, and it made everything way happier, Shadow and Rizzo. And as we were hanging out and tearing everything down, um, we were leaving the doors open so we could bring stuff in and out. And Shadow got away. And he ran around, and for a long time, no one knew where he was. And, and I was thinking about if Dan's response in that moment was to say, hey, Rizzo, go find him, and Dan did nothing to go find that, that dog, we would all question whether Dan should own dogs, right? If Ash got loose and got sprayed by a skunk, and then our response was, let's go buy another dog and have that dog find Ash, that would be a terrible decision. Similarly, on on youth group trips, when we stop at gas stations, if we're driving, if a student is missing, the the right response is never, hey, other student, go find them. It's, hey, leader, driver of the car, take the keys out of the car, open the door, lock the car, close the door, make sure the kids are all in the car, then go inside and find the missing kid. Don't send a kid, or now you're going to have two kids lost. Right? Right? So, So Jesus is sending sheep to find sheep. And not just sending sheep to find sheep, sending sheep to find sheep in the midst of wolves. What is a wolf? It's a, it's a large animal that will devour a sheep. And this is the mission he is sending the disciples on and that he is sending us on today. And on the surface, it's very uncomfortable, but it's also very freeing. Because if we think 
that our job is to go out and to be shepherds. We are underqualified because we are sheep. There's not like an alpha sheep. You know, there's like a, in, a, in wolves, there's like the alpha male or alpha of the wolf pack. There's no such thing as an alpha sheep. There aren't sheep that are more prepared to go get other sheep. When we start to think about this, it is very freeing because our goal as Christians is to not go out and do this at some high level that, that we're just never going to attain. It's to go out as we are, as sheep. And you may wonder, well, what are we going to do with all these wolves? And the reality is the whole book of Matthew, the biggest theme of Matthew, it starts off, he will be called Emmanuel. And it ends with the Great Commission. And what Jesus says at the end of the Great Commission is, he says, lo, I am with you always to the end of days. He says, I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. And so when Jesus sends sheep in the midst of wolves, he does not send them alone. These wolves... Are, are out there, but, but for the sheep, the reality is, is that the sheep don't need to worry about defending themselves because they're in the midst of the shepherd. And so that is the mission we are on today. And, and at this point in time, I don't know what's going through your mind, but what goes through my mind is, well, what's going to happen when I go out and I encounter those wolves? Because I, I feel like whenever I share my faith, I always have a nervousness about how are people going to respond to it. And, and the reality, Jesus begins to just break this down in an amazing way. He says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So be as wise as a serpent. serpent. They're very crafty. Um, they're, they're going to do things. They're not going to get trapped. But at the same time, when he says be innocent as doves, he's saying in the process of not getting trapped or, or being crafty, don't, don't do wrong to avoid doing right. And so he tells him that, and he says, Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. And that's a bummer. But when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. When Jesus sends them on this mission, they maybe don't go into this mission knowing what they're going to say when they encounter persecution. But what Jesus says is, you don't need to know. It will be given to you. So go, find those lost sheep. I'll take care of you. He goes on, brother will deliver brother over to death and the father, and the father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. This is hard. And it's, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead a little bit. We're going to talk about one more here, and then we'll go back a little bit. Um, along with Father will be against Son and all that, do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. When Jesus sends us on this mission, there's a reality that a lot of people are going to respond really poorly to the mission. And, and what's so important in this is to recognize that it is not your job to manage their response. It is not your job to say it in such a way that they can only respond yes. Because you cannot do that. 
And when it talks about father against son and, and daughter against mother, and it talks about all these things, you may think, so I need to go to Thanksgiving next year, and if I have a non-believer family member, I need to be a jerk, right? That, that's kind of how it sounds to me, is like if you've got a family member that doesn't agree with you going and sitting with them and just, just laying into them, but that's not what he's talking about. The reason people are going to stand against the gospel is because it threatens every value system of the world. If you live comfortably in this world today, it is because you buy more into the world than the gospel. We should not live comfortably, and when we interact with others, their response should be discomfort at what we are saying. Not all the time, because hopefully we're, we're encouraging, hopefully we're not just confronting everyone, but hopefully we're being sheep. And hopefully we're being sheep talking to other sheep and saying, let me tell you about my shepherd. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Again, these are hard words. But the reality in this moment of what Jesus is trying to say, you go back to the start of the story. Jesus looked out at the crowds like sheep, without a shepherd, and he had compassion on them. And because of his compassion for them, the same way when he was in heaven looking down at mankind and saw that we had no way to relationship with God, we were a bunch of shepherdless sheep that were destined for just eternal separation from God the Father. Jesus said, I'm going to go down. I'm going to send myself to them to give them a way, to provide for them a shepherd that can lead them where they need to go. Jesus willingly gave all that he had, and he asks us to do the same. And it is an honor to do it, even if it is terrifying. The good news, though, is that in doing this, this doesn't start from, do I know how to do everything? It doesn't start from, do I have enough knowledge? It, it starts from, am I a sheep willing to be obedient? Am I willing to go where he sends me? Am I willing to take that step? It's, it really is that simple. When I was, like, 22. Um, I had never really led someone to the Lord. Um, and all of a sudden, the Lord kept putting this one student in my path. Um, and I hated this kid. And I don't say hate like hated him like he was the worst kid, but like every interaction we had was just negative. And it was always frustrating and it was always just a super annoying thing. Um, and then we had an, an event where he like went so far like off that I was like, I got to sit down with him and I got to yell at him, and I got to confront him and be like, this can't happen again, like, or else we're going to have to, like, you're going to have to just take a month off. I, we just, we have to stop. And so I went into this conversation ready to go that, and then um, I went into this conversation angry, and as we started talking, um, the Lord just put on my heart, do you see who you're talking to? This young man doesn't know me, and I remember I went to the bathroom and when I went to the bathroom, I actually just went to the bathroom to wash my hands and pray because I was getting really like, like, Lord, I'm mad and I want to yell at him, but I know that's not right. And I go back out and I sit down with him and he goes, Matt, on Sunday you talked about the word resurrection. What does that mean? And so this lost sheep, um, I had never really prepared how to walk someone through the gospel. I mean, I probably had when I was in like high school or middle school, but but so this, this kid just asked me, like, it's like he threw a softball and said, just share the whole gospel with me. 
And so I, I walked him through it. I used two cups and a straw and like we were here and then we split up and then Jesus came and he gave us the bridge back to God. And I, I walked him through it. And in that moment, he's like, wow, I want that in my life. I want that in my life. And I, I had gone thinking, this is a sheep that needs to be disciplined. I'm the shepherd who's going to discipline the sheep. And instead it was, I'm a sheep talking to another sheep and I get to tell him about the shepherd that's standing with me. That's the point of this. And, and what's really interesting is all of this so far has been after you're going out like sheep among wolves, it's all kind of negative. It's all, it's all very like hard stuff to deal with. But the final thing that Jesus talks about here is he says, whoever receives you, receives me. And re- whoever receives me, receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is the disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. The end of the mission is not disciples. When you get done with this, you will have great names in heaven or you will be worthy or you will be anything. The the end of this is you have freely been given this and when you freely give this to others and they receive it, they receive me. The, the value of this mission is that there is nothing more important than what Jesus has taught or what Jesus offers us. And when we can offer it to someone else, there's nothing more important that they can receive from Jesus. And we can be a part of them receiving the thing of highest value. That's it. That's the reward. And that reward is so worthy to be able to help people take those steps, to become, go from lost sheep to sheep with a shepherd like we are. I'm going to jump really fast through that because I'm running out of time. And I'm going to go to the Great Commission. And we're going to close with a thought. There we go. Um, at At the end of Matthew, so Jesus sends the disciples out here. And at the end of Matthew, Jesus sends the disciples out after he has risen from the dead. He goes to them, and this is his last words for them in Matthew. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Whenever I read the Great Commission, I think about go. And I think about make disciples. Um, But as I was preparing this week, what the Lord kept putting on my heart was teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Because what happens is Jesus commands the disciples in Matthew 10, go out like sheep among wolves to find lost sheep. And you know the disciples, there were 12 of them, 11 at the point of the Great Commission, because one of them was killed by himself. Commit, yeah, Judas killed himself. But the, the point is, is there were 11 disciples there. And those 11 disciples were obedient sheep. And the proof of that is we're sitting here. Because when they went out, they taught others to observe all that Jesus had commanded them. They said, you're going to go out like sheep among wolves, and the shepherd's going to be with you, and you're going to go find lost sheep. That's the mission. And, and, and they went out and they told a generation of that. That's this summer we were in the book of Acts. And the whole book of Acts is the big idea of, like, let's see what the church does after Jesus leaves and the Holy Spirit comes in. And so we looked at that all summer. But, but I want to just, I want to bring this home a little bit more because I think the coolest thing for me this week, um, Jess's grandma passed away. That is not the coolest thing. Jess's grandma was a believer who... I've known her about a decade, and almost the whole time I've known her, 
um, she has not really remembered who I was. And so for me, knowing she was a believer, it was a joyful funeral. But one of the, and I think for most of the family, it was, it was a mercy. The Lord took her home. She's home with Jesus. It was a wonderful thing. But, but the thing, as I was preparing, this is Jess's grandma and her two aunts. I don't have a picture of her dad and her aunts and her grandma where everyone's smiling. So I went with this one, which I thought was funny. But, but her grandma, Doris, um, I, I learned this week that Doris's family um, came from a, a covenant church, which is like a Swedish church. And like going like one or two generations back from her, their family came over to help plant this church. And, and going back, if you start thinking about Loa, or Doris, Doris's family are all believers, like all of her children and all of her grandchildren are believers. And somewhere, if you go back and if you follow, there is a point going backwards where someone from her family line met with someone going forwards from the Great Commission. And that person from the Great Commission was an obedient sheep, finding lost sheep, and said this message to Doris's relative, that's Jess's relative, I'm so thankful for this moment that happened. And in that moment, the whole family line was changed because they went from lost sheep to found sheep. They had a shepherd. And that happened because people were obedient to the Great Commission and were obedient to go out like sheep among wolves in order to share with others, not because they were skilled shepherds, but because they were obedient sheep. So that's my challenge for you today is you, you don't need to know everything. You just need to be willing to go where the shepherd calls you to. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are our shepherd, that you trust in us, that you send us out. Um, you have no need for us um, in this story. You, you don't. You, you don't need to send us. You could do it on your own, but you allow us to be part of the redemptive work you're doing. And we thank you that we get to be a part of it. We thank you for the ways that you bless us in being a part of it. And we thank you that we get to be a part of seeing others come to know you and to receive you and to receive the free gift that you offer. We pray as we go out that you would open our eyes to those around us that, that need to know you, that are those lost sheep. And, and if we don't know of any lost sheep, we pray that you would just help us pray to open our eyes to where they are. Help us pray to be obedient to your call. And help us go with confidence because we know that you are the shepherd with us. We have no need to defend ourselves because you are with us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.